Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to The Greatest Show on Earth. Once again, it's Wednesday. It's the midweek point. We're getting you through it with an all-new episode of Talking Terror. Once again, I'm your old pal, King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the demonic Dr. Dave's pick, Goodnight Mommy, from 2014, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. As always, we're so glad to have you here. But I'm also joined, once again, by the bold, the beautiful, the Gobi Keith. Hello, 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 hello. Guten Tag. Welcome to the show. Guten Tag. Talking about Guten Tag, Mutter. On tonight's show. Farfagnugen. And that's our show for tonight. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. That's about the extent of my German, so so how the hell is yeah, that today? Yeah, Hope you're doing great. Um, I know we're also joined by the Mad Monkey, who's fresh out of Farfandugan <laughs> and the sausage, so there he is, Monkey. Monkey loves the sausage. Everybody oh, yeah. The, oh, the monkey loves the words. Oh, we are here to party. Dance for us, Monkey, dance. Do the German dance we taught you. <laughs> No, now it's the time on Sprockets when we dance. <laughs> but yeah, I'm the Mad Monkey. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Monkey. And we're also joined by the classy demonic Dr. Dave on the line. Hello there, sir. I am the classy Dr. Dave, and I'm here uh, um German, hello. Guten Tag. We're going to get some Nazis. <laughs> One, ten Nazi scalps. By tonight. I wonder if Hitler was looking for a Hershey bar. Bridget von Hammersmack. Fucking hit it out of the pack. Oh, we're not talking about Inglorious Bastards, though. It's a great movie. <laughs> we'll be talking about the Doc's pick later tonight. Uh, do you guys have anything you wanted to talk about before I kick it over to the Doc for some horror news? Uh, actually, yeah. I, I would like to jump in uh, real quick. What? Because, yeah. It's just usually I, I do post about this kind of stuff um, on our Facebook page of this you know, maniacal moment in uh, horror movie history, but we've got a bunch of stuff going on this week, so I just wanted to bring up some stuff, like, because June 19th, a lot of shit happened, man, like, uh, Jennifer Siebel, like what? Uh, from, April, from April Fool's Day was born, uh, Robert Tooney from the Zodiac at the End of Days was born, M- Mia Sarah from Legend was born, but also, 
uh, Daria Nicolotti was born on June 19th. You know, yes, she so, was. Yes. So we have that stuff going on. But then we also have more crap that went on in this day in the horror history. But let's see here. Because... Wait for it. Hmm. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Um, back in 1921, the, the classic silent movie, The Gollum, was released. Back, uh, back in 1954, Zelda was released on June 19th. This keeps going. It keeps getting better. 1957, <laughs> I Was a Teenage Werewolf was released. And 1963, both Jason and the Argonauts and Captain Sinbad were released. In 19- the comedian? Somebody said <laughs> yeah. their litter box. I'm proud of you. Yeah, what the hell? King, what did I tell you about using your litter box while we're on the show? Can we continue with the Doc Brown fucking trip through history, please? Yeah, but in 1968, yeah, I mean, King Monty, Kong... you really get my dick hard here. I mean, please, please continue going. These are cool, man. Lots I'm so ready. And the Cannibal Holocaust uh-huh. came out in the U.S. in 1980. And Batman Returns. It came out in 92. But I just wanted to sit there and share that kind of stuff that happened in our history. Thank you, guys, for pissing all over that. <laughs> <laughs> well, power down to DeLorean. That was awesome. Thank you. Didn't realize there were so many hits happening on June 19th, but apparently there are. It's always good. So that could be the new monkey segment. Monkey in the DeLorean. Strap in to talk about some horror history. <laughs> no, I just usually do this as a Facebook post. We just had a lot of stuff that happened on the, this particular day for some reason. I just wanted to share it on the show. Oh, right. Well, yeah. you do know, so you do know that you can post on the page, right? You, you're allowed. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Go for the gusto. So what, so what do we got going on with you, Doc? I am going to say one thing, and then I'm just going to let the king ramble on about it for a few minutes. No, thanks. Amityville, 1974. Knew that. Knew that was coming. (laughs) Tell tell us all about it, king. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, I'm a huge Amityville fan, and this was announced uh, that Casey Lascala was going to be directing a movie called Amityville, 1974, to be released later this year. Uh, it's interesting because the plot is the prequel to Amityville Horror, where it's Ronnie DeFeo killing his family once again, which we had seen in Daniel Farron's movie that came out earlier this year, The Amityville Murders. The whole reason 74 is coming out is because when Scala and Farron's had a falling out during Amityville Murders, they basically went their separate ways, and when Scala said, oh, really? Fuck you. I'm going to do my own prequel. So that's the entire reason we're getting Amityville 1974 is because Lascala wants to release his own vision compared to Farron's who released Amityville Murders earlier this year, which I actually enjoyed. thought it was a fun little movie. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what Lascala could bring to the table, if it could be better or worse or anything in between. If you stamp Amityville on it, I guarantee you that I'm going to buy it. Just letting everybody know now. Because I have seen every single one of them in the series. Including the Amityville Terror, which doesn't take place. A, a fool and his money shall soon, shall, shall soon be parted. Yeah, well, hey, listen, Amityville, I'm all in. So can't wait for that book. I'm still waiting for that tabletop book. It's supposed to come out that uh, Doc talked about. All about Amityville horror of the movie. 
Oh, think about right. a fool and his money that, being like fucking parted, man, you know. Disney figured out a way to, you know, separate more money from me, even though I was already willing to spend it to watch a fucking three-hour movie again. Um, what they do? I, I, got wind, I got wind today that there's going to be a longer version of Endgame released at the end of this month, including scenes that were cut from the original theatrical release. I was going You can't to, get that on Blu-ray? I was... No, I was actually, cool, if I may, uh, I was going to report on that today. I'm glad you brought that up because what I had heard, I didn't fully get involved in the article because, because, but what I had read is that they're re-releasing to the theater, like the big thing is that there's going to be something post-credits this time around. Ooh, okay. Uh, that could be exciting. Okay. Good to know. No. So, that's so, uh, I needed to get there for the sixth viewing anyway. Um, but now, now they've given me a little more incentive to do so. Uh, this is obviously a big push to get over the hump. Uh, the movie's only about forty million or so away from breaking Avatar's record. So I know that they uh, they definitely are, are gunning for that big time. Do you think now, they can do think forty? I'm seeing 40 to 50 million short. Okay. So something like this could push people to go see it again. And oh, again, they don't right. need so this that is, many to do it. This is, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, the movie is, is not an extended cut with tons of deleted scenes. Uh, that there is uh, a version going into theaters with a bit of a marketing push with a few new things at the end of the movie. If you stay and watch the movie after the credits, there'll be a little, there'll be a deleted scene, a little tribute, and a few surprises. Ooh, oh. surprises! Stanley's not dead; he's still alive. Everybody, fooled you. <laughs> John Wick now, shows up and kills every one of them. I can see that now as a special limited edition comic book. John Wick kills the Marvel universe. Yeah, I'd love. I'd read that. <laughs> uh, now with all this, t- now with all this talk that they're g- going on, Ghoul, about how short they are about beating the record and stuff, is that with them taking in the account of inflation and stuff like that, of money that Avatar made versus no, nothing, money that uh, Avengers made yeah. with the wind, as far as that goes. Um, yeah, you know, you know the, the 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 cost of movies. Uh, to Avatar's time, uh, maybe in New York City or something, but the cost of movies since Avatar uh, hasn't gone up a tremendous amount. And I don't think they look at things, and I could be wrong, but I don't think they look at like a dollar or so difference in tickets um, when they talk about inflation. It's one thing when the theaters came, when a movie came out, a movie was like four or five bucks. Uh, but, you mm-hmm. know, when Avatar came out, movies were like nine or ten bucks, and now they're like ten or eleven bucks or twelve bucks. You know, it's not a huge difference. I don't know again, that they're taking that much into account. Remember, Avatar was that first big push for 3D. Um, so mm-hmm. it was fully 3D film, so it wasn't even like it was nine or ten bucks. That was like, you know, twelve, thirteen dollars at the time. So I know now 3D is well, well, probably that... like, you know, it's 17 to 20, but while that subject has come up, and it's just something that's been on my mind lately because I just saw a thing about the Avatar uh, movies coming up, and I, I really don't want to like walk down this road and talk about this too much, but 
you know, I thought that when Avatar came out, I went and saw it in the movie theater in the 3D, and it was like so cool in the 3D, and it was like this, it was like this this huge tentpole movie at the time, and I remember going to see it, and it was like a marvel to sit and watch in the movie theater. And then I left the movie theater and kind of never really thought about it again. Like, I thought it was a cool experience, but it wasn't something that, like, stuck with me like so many movies do. And maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but I kind of got the sense that, like, that was kind of the general feeling. Like, it was this cool experience, and if you were alive at the time that Avatar went in the theaters and you saw it in 3D, you can look back fondly and say, wow, how cool. But, like, the fact that James Patterson is dumping like a gazillion dollars into like four more of those things, I I've Cameron. been wondering if James people Cameron. are truly. Who's Patterson? Uh, Who's James Patterson? I mean, uh, James, <laughs> who, who did I say? What, Cameron? Sorry. I'm drinking a beer that's 11 percent right now. Give me a break. Um, that uh, I don't know if there's that much interest anymore. I like isn't the time for that like come and gone, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that completely, but I feel mm-hmm. like nobody cares about Avatar. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> I, I would I don't I would care about you. you stupid blue alien movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Patterson. I, I personally never saw what was the whole big deal about it anyway, because I just took it as a ripoff of Fern Goalie meets, meets the Space Marines from Alien. Hmm. Yeah, I saw it in the theater and fell asleep, so that was my experience. <laughs> With the glasses on. I personally, um, I don't know if I'd say I've had a similar feeling about the film as you. I remember going to see Avatar in the movies, and yes, you know, this is the first fully 3D, you know, fully filmed three-dimensional movie. Um, we're not talking about going to see a 3D movie where shit just pops out of the screen. Uh, it was the first real D movie. Be, yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I found it to be a very enjoyable experience. I didn't forget it as much when I walked out of the theater as much as I just never went back to see it again. I never right. watched the film afterwards. I never rented it. I've never watched it when it's on TV. Um, even when I had a, three D, a 3D TV, I still never went back to it. Because it's one of those that I feel like the experience was so cool in the theater, or at least how my memory is of it, that I don't want to ever sully it by just watching it and thinking of it as just a regular film. It was a cool experience, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to leave it at that. That's a good point. Because that's what happens sometimes with these movies. You rewatch it and you're like, it's not as good as I remember. Not as good of an experience. I just never so had a desire to watch it again, you know? It was like cool yeah. to see in the theater and like that was that. I don't know. Like, yeah. is, there a, is there really a story there that has four more movies on the way? He's oh, been talking four? about this for so oh. many years. Yeah, he's got four or five fucking movies in the, in the box. I mean, he hasn't even got one of them out yet. I can't. What year did the first Avatar come out? Yeah, good question. Ooh, 2009, 2010? Like, I'm looking right now that, like, (laughs) Avatar 2 isn't due until December of 2021. Avatar was 2009. So, we're going on, like, 12 years later. We're going to get a sequel. 
<laughs> like I just by then I don't think anyone is going to care. And maybe no. once again, maybe once again, James Cameron is going to explode the realm of what movie technology can do as he has done before. And everyone, everyone is going to be like, oh my god. But for like some movie mm. that was such of this time and place for so much time to have gone by that like the sequel still isn't even coming for like another two years, uh, two and a half years. At this, um, at this point, the that's crazy. only way I can see this not failing would have been for them to go, you know, like uh, Netflix or something like that. Like, I can see where, you yeah. know what, you want to build upon the world that you created. You got more stories to tell about it. That's all fine and dandy. Uh, you know, starting over again 12 years later, I mean, the audience is going to be, yeah, you know, some of them are just going to be older people. But for the most part, some of that audience is no longer around. Um, they're you know, dead? It's kind of a bummer. They're, they're either dead. You know, again, it's a long period of time, man. Uh, you know, a lot of other spectacle films have come out since. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the big thing anymore. So I think what? Do, does anybody think that uh, there has been someone that has passed away and one of their dying thoughts was like they didn't get to see an, an Avatar sequel? <laughs> I hope there was uh, some... That sad person. It's like, oh, don't let me die before Avatar two. <laughs> um, maybe, now we mourn the past. Cameron for a for a Make a Wish. You know what I mean? He uh, hooked him <laughs> up with like a little bit of a little bit of info on where he was going with it. <laughs> like a fanboys moment where they go see the Phantom Menace as their friends dying of <laughs> <Yeah>. cancer. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, mother, I that just want cool. to see the blue people again. <laughs> Daddy, <laughs> show me the blue people again. Well, James Cameron's not going to release it until 2021. Flatline. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Cameron, when is the technology going to be there to put me in a blue person? You promised. <laughs> you told me I'd never die. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to give you a new Terminator yeah, before yeah, uh, yeah. Star 2. I don't want Terminator. I want the blue people. <laughs> Can you make That's me so a Terminator then? Can you put me inside the machine? <laughs> so sad. Now to think about that, some poor bastard is going, they have Star 2. I have, I have a debilitating virus and it's going to kill me. Please, James Cameron, release Avatar 2. <laughs> so, so, poor, so poor bastard on his deathbed like, fuck you, James Cameron. You lied. On his grave, he goes, never got to see Avatar 2. <laughs> oh, it's a shame that he's making everybody wait. So, I mean, because I'm sure there are, like, you know, the doc had said, you know, is anybody be excited? I feel like there's got to be some fans out there that are kind of really excited about Avatar. Like, I don't know who they are. They're probably dead, but <laughs> like, there's somebody out there that's yeah, still wearing their Avatar I'm not saying, t-shirt. I'm not saying that there's not a fan base that's waiting, but like four I get, moves. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I'm you yeah. Okay. Uh, so what else do you have, Doc? 
we had, I don't know if we talked about it on the show last week, but we had talked about that Banana Splits uh, horror movie that's coming out. Oh, yeah. Uh, this uh, TV show from the, the late 60s is being turned into a horror movie and has been given a unrated or a rated R for like extreme blood and gore or something. Uh, uh-huh. So this, some, this, is yep. some, this, this is something that's going to <laughs> debut on Sci-Fi sometime later this year that hasn't been announced, but they did announce today that it will be available on digital and Blu-ray this August. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm ready. I've already purchased it. <laughs> oh, I'm just waiting for it now. Because as soon as they announced that, I was like, hell yeah. I put the trailer on our Facebook page, and I fell in love yeah. with the trailer because it's just so it, fucking violent. And playing the theme song in the background as these fucking characters are killing people, uh, it's so good. Like, this is what Sid Marty Croft always was when I was a kid anyway. These fucking nightmarish creatures are going to come to life and kill me. I want a fucking movie. <laughs> and now I'm finally getting one. H.R. Puff himself is next. You're the fucked up king of horror where kids' television shows scare you, man. <laughs> I just didn't get it. I was so fucking terrified as a kid watching HR Puffin stuff. I was like, why? What the fuck is this thing? Like, why is there a talking flute? And why are these fucking gigantic animals in a band? They shouldn't be in a band. That's not realistic. Like, yeah, you know, just terrified of Sid and Marty Croft. Meanwhile, they're dropping acid and smoking pot. You know what would be fun? Land of the Lost. Fuck you. <laughs> Stop terrifying me. Meanwhile, I'm going to go back and watch Pet Cemetery for the 80th time. <laughs> uh, I'm looking just, forward to it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't Would right you please stop scaring Andy with your crazy creatures? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the well, go ahead, Doc. What well, are you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of Pet Cemetery, uh, you know. With all of the adaptations of Stephen King properties that we've been talking about so much lately, uh, yeah. that every every time there's one coming out, uh, the the quote from Stephen King uh, goes around himself <laughs> that keeps high praise. This movie will truly scare you to your soul, or you've never seen anything scary like this before. Well, lo and behold, mm-hmm. the Stephen King quote. Referencing the upcoming Dr. Sleep. He says himself okay. that Dr. Sleep will blow your mind. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. I've never seen an author suck his dick so much like Stephen King. I love him, but man, does he just suck his own dick when it comes to his movie adaptations. Except for The Shining, <laughs> which is a great fucking movie. And that one, he's like, it sucks. No, pass. Like, that's terrible. Oh, Are you kidding? If you can't be... If you can't be an advocate for yourself, how the fuck can you ever expect anybody else to advocate for you, man? The guy supports his own shit. You know, it's his fucking story. What do you think? He's getting money, so of course he's going to say this yeah. is the best fucking movie ever. I mean, what do you think? When people talk to me, I don't go, hey, you should listen to our radio show. It's the best fucking show ever. Or should yeah, I be like, like I always say, you, you can I always like, please don't tune in. Our show sucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I say that all the time. Like, why are you listening? Thank you, one listener. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, no, I, I understand he's getting a paycheck. But it, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, he's just – he's always complimenting these movies that are coming out going, it's the greatest. It's the scariest. It's so fucking crazy. But then I go back to The Shining, and I'm like, why did he shit all over that one? Like, it's just because it's so amazing, that Shining film that Kubrick did. Then he did the adaptation back in the 90s with Jake Weber 
and Rebecca DeMornay, and that fucking film sucked. <laughs> oh, terrible. man, that was fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know that he made it based on his book, and that's why he wanted to write the wrongs that Kubrick did, but I'm sorry. Kubrick's version is the superior version, and that's the one he's always like, it's trash. I don't get it. Like, a lot of people like this movie. It's a, it's a great movie. You're going to tell me that The Shining isn't as good as Pet Cemetery from 2019? Okay, Steven. Just get your paycheck and go home. <laughs> What's your name? Consider, considering yeah. that Pet Cemetery, uh, Pet Cemetery from 2019 decided to blow its fucking wad in a commercial. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please keep telling me more. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I posted the trailer on uh, the Facebook page for Dr. Sleep, and I was like, it doesn't look bad. I like the fact that Mike Flanagan mm-hmm. is kind of recreating scenes from Kubrick's version for the film. But again, I don't like Mike Flanagan. Uh, so I have to go again in trepidation. I was just about to say, that's your other problem here, because you are not a Mike Flanagan fan. You really don't fucking like him. At all. I just, I have not seen something yet that he's done where I'm like, okay, I, I forgive my, I apologize, Mike. That was a great film. Even The Haunting the Hill House mm-hmm. that he did. I actually watched that on Netflix, and I'm like, nope, sucks. Like Mike, stop making wow. movies. That was actually you quite know. enjoyable, man. I didn't like it. Uh, I've seen better. Rose Red, better. <laughs> you know, that's a Stephen King book that was made into a TV, you know, uh, miniseries. Um, I just, I didn't like Conan of Hill House. It's just, I, it's just Mike Flanagan. I just don't think he's a good director. He tries hard, but to me, it just doesn't work. I've never really appreciated it. So when he said he's directing Doctor Sleep, I'm like, fuck. I'm going to have maybe to see this just, Dr. Sleep, and I love the book, but... Maybe you just don't see his genius, bro. You know? Maybe <laughs> I, that's what everybody tells me. Like, so many horror fans are like, you just don't get Mike Flanagan. Like, you don't understand how good of a director he is. I guess not. <laughs> just, I just... What are you seeing that I'm missing? I just... I don't get it. It's, it's, I mean, Hush was a terrible movie. Oculus, I shit all over, because that movie is just fucking terrible. Absentia had moments that were good, but just it, as a whole, it wasn't a good movie. But I'm kind of hoping went, that you just went McGregor through a whole school great. of fucking movies that I, I have not seen. So, you know, and out of those all, are all Mike Flanagan movies. The only one that I actually recognized from when you said it was Oculus, and I couldn't even mm-hmm. tell you what Oculus is. I just remember the name of it. It's the movie oh, about the killer name. mirror. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he also with uh, Karen Gillum. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even watched that. So I was like, I'm not even trying with Gerald's game. Because uh, I, like, I like the book too much. To kind of see what somebody like did with the book. Oh, you know what? Just, I didn't just read figure the book. out where that ticket is. No, no problem. Glad I could help, Doc. <laughs> going to be covering <laughs> Gerald's game. I mean, I'm probably not going to pick that. No, well, he might. You might be feeling it one day. Like, you know what? I want to torture him. And I'm going to pick Gerald's game. Just so he has to I watch another I, 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 have, I have a few things in my pocket if I really feel the need to torture you. Believe me, I do. Oh, um, I can't but wait. I did want to see, <laughs> I did I no see the Pet Cemetery movie. And, uh, you know, I've tried to make it a point to get out to the theater to see some genre movies uh, mm-hmm. more than I ever yeah. have before. Um, since actually, since I moved to California, I mean, I, I saw it and I saw a quiet place and I saw Halloween and I saw us. Like I've been really trying to get out and see the ones that come in the movie theater. And I have this great little movie theater in my town and, uh, it's like a five minute walk. 
But that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, did I say get out? I mean us. Did I say get out? No. Yeah, you want to you, you want to get out and see us. Yeah, but I want to see. Oh, I see what I see what I did there. Aren't I funny and clever? I'm so clever. I'm so clever. Really so clever. We love you, Jordan Peele. I'm so clever. Please, please stop the suffering, Mister Mister Patterson. But anyway, so my local theater was supposed to get Pet Cemetery, and it was like in the fucking. A uh, coming soon framed picture outside of the outside of the doors, and mm-hmm. I was all stoked. And then, uh, you know, when I went to when I walked over to see us, I asked the dude inside, like Pet Cemetery, like when when is it coming? And he's like, Oh, I know that the poster is out there, but I don't know I don't know if we're getting it. And I was like, Oh, well, that sucks. And then now, yeah, uh, they've been for like the last two weeks. They've had the mm-hmm. Dead Don't Die poster up there oh, okay. on the Coming Soon poster, and I've been wanting to check that out, especially because uh, I have my schedule is aside from work during the day. My schedule is clear through Sunday afternoon. Uh, my wife is out of town, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to find some time to go see the Dead Don't Die. And now right. the poster that's coming soon is down, and it's not up on the marquee. I'm afraid they're not going to get that now either, but it's surprising because they do often get genre films. Well, I felt like Dead Don't Die is also a limited release. Like, I felt like that's a very limited run. That's not nationwide. I don't know why, with all of the big summer movies, why would my local theater have a Dead Don't Die poster prominently displayed in the frame outside the door, like a big, huge frame thing, you know? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's kind of a shame that your theater does that. It it gets your excitement. Oh, I'm hoping. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I'm hoping they're going to get it, and then I don't. Like, they're advertising that it's coming soon. Right, and you're so ready to go watch the movie. Like, yeah, dude. Theater, man, and then they're like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. we're going to go watch something anyway since you're here. It's false advertising, man. You should That's see that. That's a good that. point, yeah. Yeah, but they my local theater, so then they don't get any movies, and I have nowhere to see them. <laughs> yeah. like, stop fucking pretending to be an independent theater getting fucking... No, no they're not. They're not. It's not an independent shit, theater. It's not, it's, not, it's not an indie it's theater. It's like, I will... It's a small okay. West Coast chain called Cinema West. Uh, they have like okay. a few in the Bay Area. They have a few like in down by L.A. Uh, it's a small mm-hmm. chain, but it is a chain. Okay, well, so it's a chain nonetheless. So you think they would get these? But that's, that's a shame. Especially Pet Cemetery. You think they would definitely get Pet Cemetery? Like it's uh, how yeah, do they not? Like they had they had they had it and were like advertising mm-hmm. the hell out of that. They had it in the giant letters in the big spot up on the electric oh, sign. Um, you know, and and King, the King properties are hot did now. Did you a favor? Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, they did. You, whoa, okay. <laughs> All right. So, thank you, Monkey, for that opinion piece. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, what's uh, next for us, Doc? Let's see. Paramount Pictures and Blumhouse have announced that they are teaming up to create and release a new entry in the Paranormal Activity series. Yeah. Uh, yes! Fucking series. Man. I'm in. I can't wait. Uh, I love this series. Uh, I'm such a fan. Like, I just, I put, I'm, it's, I'm glad that you brought that up, Doc, because I did put it earlier on the, uh, the Facebook page. And I said, it's one of those series where I'm such a fan, even the bad ones, like Ghost Dimension, where I'm like, eh, that's, it's pretty bad, but I, yeah, I had fun. Like, it's, it's, it's a fun ride. 
dealing with ghosts and kind of showing it the way that they do, I, I still enjoy it. I thought you I were joking when you put up that post. <laughs> nope, I was completely serious. I have all of them on Blu-ray, so <laughs> you feel free to watch them anytime. I have the box. Oh, no, 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 no. I got to deal with the diva watching all her ghost-chasing shows. No, I'm not going to watch a make-believe yeah. movie about it. No. Well, ghosts are make-believe anyway, so might as well watch the documentaries too. What are you talking about? Ghosts are make-believe. They're not real. That's an opinion. What are you saying, kid? Just, just like assholes. Everybody. We've been through yeah, this okay. monkey. I bought you the book that I wrote. It's called Ghosts Aren't Real. You said you read it. So, paranormal activity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, this mo- when the first one came out, it was like one of those movies all of a sudden that like came out of nowhere and thrusted oh, yeah. horror kind of back into the mainstream. It was like a uh, theat- excuse me, like a mainstream theatrical release. It made a shit ton mm-hmm. of money. Uh, it spawned like a shit ton of sequels and imitators. Um, and it was still not, it was still kind of like, stra- like it was like a found footage, uh, you yeah. know, where that was mm-hmm. like, when that was like super trendy and like hadn't yeah. yet, you know, was not yet dipping its toes into, I guess, what came on the other side of genre in the theater on the other side of found footage was kind of like this, the ghoul's favorite term, uh, the, the elevated horror movies. Um, <laughs> and King, you said you were excited about this or you said you, you were, whatever it may be. I am yeah. one that has not seen, I have not seen not one minute of uh, any of the paranormal activity movies as far as like watching the film, like I've seen clips in like commercials right. and like mm-hmm. trailers. Like how many, how many of those were there? Were there like five of those? And and by the end, were Six. they going straight to video, or were they still going into the theater? All of them were in the theater. Yeah, and there's six. All in theater. So yeah, yep, every single one of them. I saw every single one of them in the theater, so I can attest to that. What? So oh, yep. I remember. You know, uh, those were ones that at the time were. Beyond super appealing uh, to the to the students that I had at the time, the paranormal activity movies and like the insidious movies, like those were like super super popular amongst the young. There was also around that time like one called Mama, and uh, I saw that too in theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like around all of that stuff was like the first come out, like, going back to the very the very last, first like, paranormal activity years. because. No, no, that was, was like a Ma that just came out. Yeah, but Mama. Yeah, there's no, something. There's like something that's like a horror comedy called Ma that just came out, but there was something called Mama. Yeah, Mama came out oh. in like 2010. I want to say 2010, 2011, maybe. But I saw that in the theater. It was a great kind of throwback to Lady in White. That's why I loved it so much. Mama was 2013. 2013. Okay, so so that was a more recent film. So anyway, what I'm I guess what I'm trying one. to get what I'm trying to get to um with all of this is that like it was such a big franchise uh and what often happened similar to like the Saw franchise was the first paranormal activity uh you know what can you talk about about that movie? You know, was was that like a really was really a good movie? The first one? It was more about yeah. how they presented it. 
because they had the but that, on-demand That's what I'm talking feature. about. That's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, the movie itself is good. I mean, it's very kind of um, slow burn horror. I mean, there's not a lot of gore. There's some subtle things in there that kind of make you think, wow, that's kind of cool. But it was just about the fact that it had the demand it feature where you could go online and type in your like type in your zip code and say, I want this movie in my theater. Like it was almost like it was fan funded to get this thing into your town so you could watch Wait, it. Wait, were you set, yes. you you could put in your zip code, but were you sent were you giving them money? No, you were just saying that I want my theaters to carry this. Like you were putting in your zip code and then a bunch of theaters would pop up and you would just click on those theaters and say, I want to see this movie. Get this movie in your theater. So you weren't giving any money. It was uh, cash-free, and hopefully you would get it. Hopefully your city would be announced as one of the theaters that was going to be carrying that movie. And luckily, East Brunswick in New Jersey was one of the theaters that carried Paranormal Activity back when it first came out. I got to see it. Okay, so that's like a cool like fan interaction thing. And I know yeah. that the movie was like a found footage, but like, what about the content of the film itself? That's kind of what I want to boil it down to. I liked the content of the film because it wasn't in-your-face ghosts the entire film. It was kind of a slow burn where things happen a little bit at a time where it's like, okay, there's some banging on the walls, you know, some weird kind of things happen during the night, but then it escalates, and then it gets bigger, and there's more scares in the way that it was presented. While you sleep, this is what's happening. Like putting a flower on the ground in your house, and then all of a sudden the next morning there's hoof prints in the flower. No explanation as to why, but there is. And then you start to hear growls. And then all of a sudden, a Ouija board that they brought home catches fire and explodes. Like, you know, it's just weird kind of things like that. Subtle. And that's what I loved about it. It wasn't in-your-face horror. It was just kind of, this is, could happen if there is such thing as ghosts. And that's why I appreciated it so much. Because there was no known actors. They were completely unknown um, at the time. And that's kind of what added to it. Like the Boy Witch you don't know who these people are. Like, you're just kind of believing what the directors say, that they went into the woods and they're dead and this is their footage. That's kind of the added uh, fun of found footage movies, for me anyway. Sure. Now, there's like the famous clip, I guess, I guess it's famous, like I, it stands <clears> out to me because this is the one they showed in the commercial where like, was there a scene where there's like a kid in the bed and then the kid like through the air is like yanked out of the room? Is there something like that that happens? That was Paranormal Activity Part Two. <laughs> Dancing on the field. And then it was, yeah, there was another scene in Paranormal Activity Part Three that replicated it. <laughs> so not the first one. <laughs> but no, Part Two and Part Three dealt with children uh, being confronted by ghosts. So yeah, wasn't that all of the movies? Didn't all of the movies involve ghosts in the house where children were? But no, part two the first one was a, a couple that were just dating. And the girl said that back in the day, she experienced some hauntings and things that she couldn't understand. And they kind of followed her to the place where she started living with her boyfriend. The boyfriend's all like, fuck yeah, ghosts. Hell yeah. I'm so excited. So he's setting up cameras and reading into demonic possession and ghosts. And that's when things start to escalate because he kind of brings it on himself to bring this ghost out where he's challenging it like Zach Baggins style, you know, where he's like, come the fuck out. I I want you now, ghost. Come out. What do you got? What you got? Uh, you know, and it's, like, you know, and it's like, oh, dude, don't was fuck with shit that you Was he speaking to the ghosts in that fashion? Oh, yeah. No, he got like, so upset in one of the scenes. style? Zach Baggins from uh, no, Ghost said, Adventures. Uh, ghost, yeah, that douchebag uh, from Ghost Adventures. 
<laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a, a reality show on reference travel. It, yeah, it's, it's on Travel Channel. It's a show. big show. You know, so yeah, that's he, a oh, big I, show I on Travel Channel called Ghost Adventures. Yeah, yeah, doesn't it? Something Weidman. Carol Who's Weidman that? or some shit like that. I don't know. It's, it's got some Oh, Katrina Weidman. It, I think. Yeah, yeah Katrina yeah, Weidman. Yeah. She's on Katrina uh, Bowen? No, no. Yeah, no, that no, might be it. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Really? No, Katrina Weidman's on uh, Paranormal Lockdown. Yeah. Where it's like oh. they locked themselves into oh. a location for overnight with uh, one of the guys yeah. from from uh, Ghost Encounters or Ghost Adventures rather. But that's, you know, what I liked about the movie is that he gets so upset at one point that he's actually challenging this demon or ghost, whatever it is, to come out. Like, I'm tired of this shit. I want you to come face me and let's deal with this like a fucking punk that he is. Come on, you ghost. For it in the end. Come on, you pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he, he ends up paying for it, and it's a great sequence, and it's a great way to end the film, but it led to five other films. That was based off of that first one. The legend yeah. of what happened in that house. I've always enjoyed them. I'm, I'm yeah. a sucker for paranormal activity movies. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that, because when I think about it, um, you know, is it one of the cases where with subsequent, with each subsequent release, where there's, was there like a diminishing returns with release after release? Yes, there's always absolutely. <laughs> the quality diminished over time. You know, and they kind of ran out of story. Um, part five was a completely new story, but had threads of the original uh, kind of spooled without. But they wanted to do an original story. Um, and then they did Ghost Dimension, which, again, completely different family, completely di- different vibe. But it had the threads of the original kind of sprinkled throughout. Um, so it kind of worked in a lot of ways. So I'm kind of ex- uh, excited to see what Blumhouse and Paramount can do. And have another I would one think the reality they're would cheap be that make. if you had real ghost yeah. stories going on, the majority of them would be similar to one another. Yeah, all tied to some more thread. But that's again, like I said, they're cheap to make. You know, these aren't expensive films. I mean, they're cheap to make, cheap to release, and you can get them out pretty quickly. So that's another enjoyable factor for me. Yeah, all it is is just filmed on a fucking camcorder in black and white with some extra extras. Yeah. Not even real actors. You don't need millions of dollars in a high cash. You can get unknown people to be in this movie and make it good. I think the fact that you have unknowns in the film make it better. Because you don't expect anything out of these people. If they're bad actors, they're bad actors. But that's fine. Because you don't know who they are. Yeah, but that doesn't exactly that's... make you want to go see a movie. It's like, you're just like, yeah, here's a movie. No money, no cast, or no budget, shit cast. Who knows? You might like it, maybe you won't. It's like, I don't want to play Russian roulette with my movie theater money. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're well, saying. Not every movie can be a Marvel movie, Mucky. I'm sorry. <laughs> as long as the performances are good, I sometimes don't have a problem yeah. with a cast that I don't know. Because sometimes with a familiar cast, uh, you can't kind of disappear into the movie, you know? Especially mm-hmm. when I agree. it comes to genre. Like, I feel like the best... Some of the best horror movies have been movies that have come out with cast members that you didn't know who they were. I mean, when I think back to, say, I don't know, maybe Scream, for example, which was like the first horror movie to come back into the theater and be successful Mm -hmm. for a long time. Like, it was a bunch of fresh faces and like 
maybe you might have known somebody in there like like David Arquette or Courtney Cox from something or other, but like all of the main characters, like you had never really seen before. Like you hadn't seen like Skeet Ulrich or Matthew Lillard or Nev Campbell right. or uh, Jamie Kennedy. Like these Whoa. were all like new faces. Um, at the time, they were yes, they uh, were young, up and coming. I don't know if you consider them new. I mean, Hackers was already out. Uh, Party of Five was already out. I mean, there were these Party were, like actors said, like that I, were. But like I said, but like I said, Hackers was were, not like a like a big successful movie in the theater, man. That was a fucking bomb and discovered some light yeah. in the theater. Uh, that wasn't like yeah, oh, no, it, this it, it ended up being stars a cult, the sky. a cult thing. But again, a yeah, lot of yeah, man, I, I had in that before, film. Were ones that came yeah, on to I become mean, big things. Before I sold off my like my tangible media, like aside from like a few titles, like I had purchased hackers on DVD. Man, believe me, I hear you. Um, but it's not like oh, we gotta go see this new movie that Nev Campbell and Matthew Lillard are in. Yeah, no, you Nev make a good Campbell point. Wasn't in hackers, I didn't see it man. because of him. Nev Campbell was in Scream. She was in Party of Five, though, right? And I don't yeah, think she was. I mean, hackers. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I, Campbell was no. Angelina Jolie was in Hackers, man. Angelina Jolie was in Hackers, and the black guy who was the reverend in Forgetting the for Fighting Temptations. Ghoul, have you been hitting the fucking devil's lettuce tonight? No. <laughs> no, we just should. fucking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Ghoul, I mean, that's the best point you could bring up, Doc. You're not going to see these movies because you're like, oh, I know that person. Like, I try not to go see those movies. I'm like, oh, fun. Like, no. Especially a horror film. Like, I prefer not to know who's in it because I don't have any expectations. Like, I have none. So if they're bad actors, they're, that's fine. If they're good, great. But I have no expectations going in that this is going to be a great movie because fucking Neff Campbell's in it or Skeet Ulrich. When, when, because, because, Ghoul, you're, you seem to, I mean, King, you seem to be our resident paranormal activity expert. My question to you is, uh, being that there were six of them, and I'm, you know, I'm going to go ahead and assume like all of these franchises that the first one was the best one. Was there one later in the series that was like a bounce back compared to like a previous entry? Bounce back how? Like as better than the first one? I mean, no, no, not not better than the first one, but like getting close okay. to that territory. For example, like I saw Saw and thought Saw was great. I went and saw Saw two and like didn't like it, and then thought Saw three like eclipsed Saw two in quality. That's, that's what I mean. I think yeah, you nailed it right there because uh, Paranormal Activity Part 2 came out. Wasn't that good? Paranormal Activity 3 took it back to the 80s when the girl in the first one was a kid and they explored what happened to her and it was so much of a better film because they took it back to the 80s and showed you where it started. And it was such a fascinating film with a lot of good artistic techniques as far as showing ghosts. Um, to one scene with a sheet. Where you think you somebody underneath that sheet? Can you describe one of these movies in a series, though? I feel like that with Tokyo Drift and the Fast and the Furious franchise. You know, it's just so much better than the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I that. You watched you watched more of those than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all of them, man. I'll be perfectly oh, honest. No. I own them oh, all. No. I oh, own no. all eight of them, dude. No, you don't. Tell me you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> oh, I I totally do, dude. You bought them? Every was it like? Them, wait, 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 wait. Was it like a? Was it like an Xbox <laughs> weekend sale where you could get all of the movies for like five bucks? <laughs> was it something like that? Maybe not five bucks, but yes, they had a sale for the first ninety nine cents. Um, I mean, you didn't, you didn't spend like, like you didn't spend know. like twenty five bucks on them, did you? 
it might have been like twenty to thirty five dollars. So you're like, sometimes you're like, sometimes you're like. Dude, sometimes you're okay. like, I don't have money for this, and I'm like, but you spent twenty five dollars on the Fast and Furious collection. What's the matter with you? Listen, man, I enjoy those movies, dude. If there's one thing that I spend money on, I spend it on movies because I enjoy. Aren't they them. all on, dude? Don't they show like Fast and Furious marathons on like AMC and TBS like every three, four days? Oh, it doesn't matter. To me, oh, man. I, I don't like. I don't like the commercials. I don't like commercials. No, I'm gonna back the gold up too, man, because I fucking I no, I, I was actually just talking to King about this. I fucking love Tokyo Drift, so you y'all can kiss my ass, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he likes to live his life too fast, too furiously. That's what he are does. They doing, yeah. they, they still, are they putting? Do they still put Paul Walker's face on like other people to like have him still be in them? <laughs> Uh, Actually, oh, you know what they started? What they did with eight is they did it like jib jab. Okay, they just kind of put him in and they <laughs> <put him> out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did they? Oh, I saw. I no, of eight. course I not. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love a jib jab Paul Walker ending, where his mouth is just hanging open and words are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go race some cars. Yes, I think we should. Vroom, vroom goes the car. <laughs> yeah. I was walking around like Terrence and Philip. <laughs> Arms are flailing around and speed are kicking up. Like, I mean, they could always animation weekend, up a walker. They could always weekend the Bernie them. You know what I mean? It just went that that route yeah. with it. Vin Diesel's just carrying around his fucking dead body throughout the entire movie. <laughs> well, considering that Vin. Vin Diesel couldn't get along with The Rock anymore, so now we're getting a split in the Furious franchise, where we have the <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw spin-off film yeah. starring The Rock and Jason Statham, <laughs> while Vin Diesel stays film. while The Rock uh, while Vin Diesel stays with the main franchise of Fast and the Furious because their two egos could not get along with each other. Wow! Shocker. Wait, I thought I thought they both come out. I thought they both came out and said that that was like a media creation and like all was well and good and that they were good to go. Uh, were they just blowing smoke? Listen, man, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know the reality behind it, but I, what I can tell you is this. If I was Vin Diesel, who in this franchise was originally established as being the big, strong badass, and now all of a sudden you have a guy that's six foot six with fucking biceps that are bigger than my head, who has a bigger and better personality than me, The Rock kind of takes over anything The Rock is in. He's bigger, oh, yeah. he's cooler, he gets to fucking do all kinds of killer shit. You know, they literally had to, like, eliminate him from the last movie by, like, injuring him early so that he couldn't come back until the end. So, you know, again, this way he doesn't dwarf Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel looks like a tiny little man next to him. He does. He does. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see their sizes. But, again, I like the, like the doc, I thought that was a whole publicity thing. But they're like, yeah, we don't get along at all. But meanwhile, they're hugging each other, rubbing their bald heads together, just fucking so rolling down, racing cars. <laughs> Rub my bum. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, Jason Statham is in the background, just fucking shouting in fucking English. Like, oh, you fucking well, bald bastards. Well. <laughs> oh, Mr. Cameron, can you put me in your next movie? Mr. Cameron, you know, hello, trying, this is Jason I Statham. Was, I was trying to find some offensive Paul Walker jokes to to share just now, and 
I got to the 12th page of a Google search and every single link for 12 pages of Google searches were links to articles about how Comedy Central cut Paul Walker jokes uh, from the Comedy Central Justin Bieber roasts. Really? Wow. And I haven't been able to find one Paul Walker joke. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Because I know that Comedy Central did a roast. I forget who it was for, but uh, Amy Schumer made a joke about Ryan Dunn dying in a car crash, and that's still in that roast. Like, I saw a repeat of that not that recently, and it's still in there. Yeah, but, and like... I thought that was poor taste. I, it is poor taste, but, like, Paul, Ryan Dunn wasn't Paul Walker. And, I mean, Paul, not like Paul Walker was fucking massive, but, I mean, let's be real. It's true, but still, you know, just, I, I don't know, I, it's hard to joke about that type of stuff. Especially when it was so fresh. It was Paul Walker. Like, yeah. Ryan... Ryan Dunn just died recently, and she made that joke. like, ooh, too soon, dude, too soon. <laughs> like, wait a year or two. I, I heard that he was up for a new role. Uh, it was going to – they were going to redo uh, the Michael Landon series of, uh, of Stairway to Heaven um, or whatever it was, Highway <laughs> to Heaven. And, Highway uh, to Heaven. But, what? Yes. But, in, you know, Paul Walker was going to take the lead role in there, but he took it a little too far. <laughs> oh, nailed it. I was still waiting for him to return to Earth. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> both I mean, does, isn't that worse than that? I mean, I vaguely remember Highway to Heaven. Didn't I, I think that he even wore, if I'm correct, I would have to go look. This is going strictly off memory. I swear I'm not cheating. I'm pretty sure that his character in that show wore an Oakland Athletic cap. Um, yeah, he did. While I think he, so, yeah. I would have to look, and that's going strictly off memory. But, like, wasn't that a show where he was, like, an angel, but, like, he came down on Earth and, like, helped people solve mysteries, and then at the end would, like, disappear back to heaven? Is that what that show was about? I think that was. I think that was the whole premise. (laughs) I'm being serious. I'm not making believe it. No, oh, I, I think that's the I, actual I premise. I personally never watched an episode of it, so I wouldn't even be able to I don't tell think you. I, did, I don't think I did honest. either. No, no, seriously. I don't think I did either, and I would have to check the timelines. But I'm pretty sure that Highway to Heaven would, like, come on TV directly after, like, The Wonder Years or something that I watched all the time. So I would often <laughs> see, like, the opening of the show. I never actually watched it, but I, can, I kind of remember the opening credits. Whatever show it mm. was, that Highway to Heaven aired after something that I watched. So I saw the okay. beginning song and the characters right. introduced okay. and whatnot. All right, so I'm going off the kind of memory, too. Um, it wasn't ABC, which is what ran the Wonder Years. Uh, 1984 to, Heaven, to 1989. Was NBC, okay. though, right? And his partner, his partner wore an Oakland A's hat, his partner. I'm looking right now. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that show. Because uh, there was another one called, like, Guided by an Angel or something like that that was in the 90s. Touched, was, like, a similar touched by premise. an Angel. Touched by an Angel in an inappropriate way. I remember seeing that show. <laughs> Very I well. mean, that's pretty much uh, the story of the Catholic Church, I mean, no? Yeah, well, they also had Father Dowling Mysteries back then with Tom Bosley, where yeah. he was just a quirky priest solving mysteries, yeah. including murder. With a nun. So they were all in with Catholicism back in the 90s. I would think just about every, you know, religion has its own uh, own little shady pasts, man. Yeah, the Jews control everything and have all the money. 
Well, no, but let's, if we want to talk about child molestation, man, you know, there are sects of the Jewish religion that do bite the penis for skin off, for the breasts. Well, um, so when they got to get it off somehow. So if, it's, if, if it's a religion, fuck it. I never even heard of that. To, to, to stick a little boy's fucking dick in your mouth to bite off his foreskin, man, that is some heavy-duty shit right there. I do believe that goes. I believe that goes to the Hasidic oh, text. Why is someone so. growling in the background? That's not who's growling. That? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good ghoul, you're talking about biting off penis foreskin of an infant. Someone's back just growling. What the fuck is happening right now? That, that's well, how they we, do it, man. We... <laughs> it's, it's the monkey making monkey noises, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, just giving uh, us an interpretation uh, of what happened. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip your foreskin off. I'm gonna tell you something, brother. Your foreskin's coming with me. <laughs> oh God! Give your foreskin in half. Yeah. Somebody stop this, Briss. <laughs> oh my god, I'm he's dead. He's I'm gonna chew it like bubblegum. What you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do when this bris runs wild on you, brother? He came to kick ass and chew foreskin. And he's all out of foreskin. <laughs> so, I do have a serious question. I do have a serious question. Uh, and I only ask this question because I just drank a, um, since our show started, I drank a 750-milliliter bottle of 11% alcohol by volume beer. Um, how did we get to talking about the plot specifics of Highway to Heaven, just out of curiosity? How did we get there? I don't remember. We're talking about Paul Walker and how he was going to be in a reboot of Highway to Heaven. <laughs> was <it> really? Was <laughs> that... <laughs> yep. I brought you there. I took you back. That's what we talked about five minutes ago, about Paul Walker being in a reboot. And then we started talking about Michael Landon and the Oko Nays hat. And then biting off foreskin off of babies. Uh, actually, I'm looking right now. I'm not seeing any talk of Paul Walker like being in a reboot of Highway to Heaven. But what I am seeing Pretty sure joke. is that Paul Walker appeared... On a 1986 episode of Highway to Heaven. Oh, no. Well, there we go. Full circle. Full circle. He wasn't going to be in Paul Walker, Texas Ranger? Is that what you're saying? No. He played a mentally handicapped little boy in the Special Olympics. And after the boy is disowned by his biological parents... Jonathan orchestrates things with the man upstairs and connects the boy with a self-pitying quadriplegic lawyer and his barren wife. The threesome eventually learn how much they need each other and they become a family. One of those sappy counter-blessing tales that you hate to love. The episode was a double banger, two hours long, featuring Josh Brolin as the older biological brother. (laughs) Double banger? (laughs) I did say double banger. I also said threesome. You did say threesome. Indeed. And Josh Rowland just whipping his dick around that entire episode. So it was a three. So it was a threesome with fucking Thanos. Um, <laughs> no, not Thanos. That's character. James Rowland. That's the father of Thanos. No. You're thinking of Josh. Oh, James, James. I thought you said Josh. 
No, James. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, James Brolin. You had to wait a little bit. No, James Josh, Brolin, who Josh was in Brolin. the car. I said Josh Brolin. No, he said he I said Josh Brolin. James That's what Brolin. I thought. So you got Josh, fucking Josh, Thanos. Okay, there you, you go. go. You got Thanos, Paul Walker's character. I don't even remember the fucking character's name from those Fast and the Furious movies. What the hell was his character? And you own them. <laughs> you should know. Yeah, you spent twenty dollars on them. How do you not know? It's fucking Pete and Tony and whoever else is in the movie. I guess that's their name. No, Vin, I don't remember. Di- Vin Diesel is Dom. Brian. His name is Brian O'Connor. Brian. Brian O'Connor. Yeah, Brian O'Connor. No, I mean, indeed. Josh Brolin was fucking Brent and fucking Goonies, guys. Come on. That, well, he's yeah. a badass. Don't forget he was a Thrashin <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> he's he was a Thrashin. Deadpool 2. Passion of the Christ? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once upon a Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so what else do you have, Doc, uh, before we close out instead of talking about uh, some movie tonight? Uh, so do we really need uh, we, about movie? <laughs> yes, we do. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, before the fucking king has a fucking conniption fit. Uh, Annie Potts. Oh, no, we can take this one. Janine in no. the upcoming Ghostbusters <laughs> three. And well, can we keep talking about, about Paranormal Activity? Well, we can talk about <laughs> Ghostbusters. We can talk about Ghostbusters now. Yeah, uh, let's do Ghostbusters corner now. One hundred percent confirmed. Uh, Annie Potts is back as Janine for Ghostbusters 3. Can't Even wait. though... Fabulous. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Even though... Fabulous. Uh, when we, when we I love your hair, Egon. What do you want? Even though we talked about last time how they reported that Ernie Hudson had read the script, I still there has still yeah. been no confirmation. But Annie Potts is back still? as Janine. Uh, no confirmation... Uh, although it's been speculated that he is involved, there's been no official word. But there is been official word that Annie Potts is back. She'll be reprising her role as Janine in the upcoming uh, third entry to the Ghostbusters <laughs> universe. Um, again, I, I I have confusion about this, especially with I think more so with her character and Ernie Hudson's character. Uh, <laughs> there's been talk, you know, like people are like, oh, what about Rick Moranis? And I have a feeling that the young people that write on some of these websites don't necessarily know the history of Rick Moranis and why he's not in movies anymore. And are just right. like, oh, Rick Moranis mm-hmm. has to be there too, even though he retired like something years ago. But anyway, um, the plot details that have been given out for this Ghostbusters 3 movie is that uh, you know a family moves to a small town and they soon learn the secrets of who they are and the secrets of the town. Uh, my, I've been thinking about this a little bit, you know, as, as more mm-hmm. details have emerged. But, like, Annie Potts' character and Ernie Hudson's character were, like, just New Yorkers that were, like, looking for a fucking job. Like, when yeah. Ernie Hudson, uh, I don't remember, I'm pretty sure it was with Dan Aykroyd's character. It might have been with um, Harold Ramis' character when they were driving in the car and Ernie Hudson was like having kind of his talking job interview and he was like, how do you feel about, he was like, how do you feel about driving? How do you feel about handling, you know, these materials? And how do you feel about this? And he's like, if the job has a steady paycheck, I don't care. Uh, like, he said that to Janine. Too, they, yeah. No, no, no. He said that to, he said that to, uh, to Ernie Hudson's character. I'll fucking clip it. No, he didn't. He said that like to Janine because she was asking him about if he believes in the paranormal. 
And if he believes in ghosts and goblins and he goes, if there's steady paycheck involved, I'll believe in anything. Yeah, yeah Ernie yeah, Hudson said that. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah but, but not to yeah, just, not to Dan Aykroyd. He said it to Janine. Yeah. And that's when Bill that's Murray and Dan Aykroyd walk in the trap. Yeah, booty trap. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that was what happened. Next. But okay. yeah, so, I mean, I, anyway, yeah, I what was the whole saying. point of this? Okay, you're right. I apologize. I'm watching it right now. You're right. Anyway, uh, you're if, watching if, Ghostbusters if, when we're supposed to be having a show. No, I I <laughs> I'd went on YouTube and looked for the 20 second clip called Ghostbusters Winston Zedmore job interview, and uh, <laughs> and saw what I needed to see to confirm that the King of Horror was right and I was wrong. So, Monkey, go back to your tapioca. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, you know, I'm sure that the writers will, like, have a perfectly good explanation, but being that Janine's character and Zedmore's character, uh, you know, just appeared to be local people that were down on their luck that needed jobs. I don't understand how, like, some family going to a small town... I don't just see the linkage for how this is all supposed to work. Um, I'm sure it will all make sense. I hope it will all make sense. Uh, but those are kind of things that I've been thinking about, especially if Rick Moranis' character somehow is brought back into this because he was just like a New Yorker who, by virtue yep. of bad luck, ended up sucked up into this whole thing. Dana Barrett's character, yeah, too, by the way. But, but, I mean, are you completely forgetting, like, in the second film? I mean, yes, Ernie, uh, Ernie Hudson wasn't in sucks. it as... Okay, I'm not uh, saying well, it doesn't suck, but yeah. what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. is by the end of the second film, Rick Moranis' character is, quote-unquote, a, a ghostbuster. ghostbuster. The fifth so, ghostbuster. you know, all of that kind of has to go in there, which then also by proxy, because Annie Potts' character is in a relationship with said character, kind of keeps her connected to the whole thing as well. And you would think after going through all this shit that those people went through, that they would still have some kind of bond that connects everything all together, especially if ghosts are coming I mean, back again. Let's be real. Isn't saying that Lewis Tully is a ghostbuster like saying Leo Getz is a fucking detective? He went to fight the slime. He put on Spengler. I love the fact that he put on Spengler's uniform, too, because that was Annie Potts' crush in the first film. But he goes there to fight the slime with the proton pack on his back. So he's technically the fifth Ghostbuster. What always confused me about Louis Tully is that in the first film, he's kind of like a businessman, and, and he's got all these clients coming to his party so he can write it off as a oh. tax write-off. And then in the second one, he's, a, he's an accountant he's slash He was no, he was an yeah. accountant in the first one as well. He was an accountant. That's he why was an accountant. He, he was an accountant. He and was he's a lawyer in part two. He was doing the yes, he did. He went. They, they kind of <laughs> real quick. They say that he that he got his law degree real fast. CPA in the first film. Hey, listen, man. I'm sure stranger things fucking happen, man. Yeah. You're talking about a world. Where, like you said, yeah. We're arguing whether or not Lewis Tully became a fucking lawyer in a world in which ghosts are flying around, man. Yeah, uh, but like you said, he was a CPA in the first one. I forgot about that. But yeah, then he's a lawyer in part two, defending the Ghostbusters on trial, and Bill Murray's talking the entire time. No, just say this. Say this. Okay, well, yeah, my, my client says this. It's a shitty lawyer. This stays a CPA. Anybody want to play Partini? Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have games later. Might have a twister. <laughs> yeah. Dana, why don't you bring All over right. your, your, your date? 
<laughs> Who brought the dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Help me. I also love that scene. This salmon is Are directly from Nova Scotia. <laughs> A bear in New York. <laughs> Are you the game master? <laughs> yes, yes I am. Come with me. You know that restaurant, that restaurant where he's banging on the windows outside of that's uh, Tavern on the Green in Central Park. Tavern on the Green. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, I had an amazing night there once. Well, oh, man. No, and my in, in 1985, in 1985, right? In 1985, there was a movie that came out starring uh, Dudley Moore, John Lithgow, and David Huddleston and Burgess Meredith. It was called Santa Claus the Movie. Oh, hmm. I remember seeing I don't know what that, that was about. It was about Dudley Moore being yeah, an elf Moore, tricking oh. out, tr- tricking out Santa's sleigh with a bunch of tech. <laughs> mm. You don't remember this one? Makes sense. That tracks. I don't remember that one. I, I, see it. I remember it. <laughs> cool, cool. You remember Santa Claus the movie? I know the name. I've never seen the movie. All right. So I saw Arthur. Uh, that counts. David <laughs> Huddleston was Santa Claus. Dudley Moore was an elf. John Lithgow was an evil toy maker. Uh, when that movie came out, there was like a big scene in that movie that took place in a McDonald's restaurant. And at that time, my dad was the treasurer of a corporation that owned 25 McDonald's restaurants in the tri-state area. And because of that, uh, we got tickets to go to, like, the red carpet premiere and after party. And the after party took place at Tavern on the Green in New York York City. So at the restaurant was, like, all of the performers that were in the movie, as well as, like, a whole bunch of other celebrities. And that night... I had this little notebook. I got autographs from everyone is in the movie. Everyone in the movie. I got autographs from Dave Winfield, Michael Jordan, uh, like just running around getting autographs. Um, I, I have since lost that notebook, but like I was nine years old at the time and had a notebook filled with autographs. It was like the coolest fucking night of my fucking life at the time. That's pretty badass. I admit that. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. fucking cool. It sucks that you yeah. lost that notebook, man. I know, man. Yeah, I that would be cool. I stuff. know. Believe me, believe me. I know all about it. <laughs> I mean, um, shit. I was so, thrilled because I had a note. I had a small notebook that had the fucking signatures of uh, all the Disney characters, you know, from from when I went to Disney. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> you got Simba's autograph and Aladdin <laughs> and Genie. No, no, and, <laughs> and, no. They well, weren't around yet, yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the key. The king won't go to Disney World because the king is scared of kids and shit. So, you know, if he meet, met Chip and Dale in real life in Disney World, he'll probably lose his shit. Yeah, uh, but I would go there way too <laughs> drunk and just, you know, not happy the entire time. I'd end up punching one of them out. Like, I would never be allowed back. Like, it'd be a bad scene. I could take Mickey. He's a bitch. Let's go, Mickey. Come on. Put your fists up. Come on. What do you got? Not- my, 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 man. look at the time. I still have two things we need to get to before we get to the movie. Let's All right, go, go. Get moving. What do you got? All right, quickly. So horror veteran Sam Raimi, who we all know from the Evil Dead universe, has teamed up with Netflix to create a kids' horror series called Nightbooks. And this is going to be an okay. adaptation of the 
children's horror fantasy book by author J.A. White. No word when this is going to debut yet, but Sam Raimi and Netflix are in bed together to bring us a kids' horror series. In bed Do any of you know what Nightbooks is? I have never heard of Nightbooks. I've, I've read Working the article. Working on the Nightbooks. Night, 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 <laughs> night shift, dude. Working on the night shift. <laughs> well, Nightbooks. I think it's actually, I've not heard of that. It's actually but, the night, night yeah. moves, actually, not night shift. Bro. <laughs> night shift. Night shift. Working on the third night shift. shift. You were a friend of mine. <laughs> on the night shift. Ooh, on the night shift. You don't know that? Uh, you all know that song. Give me a fucking that, break. That's, yes, I was going with night moves, though. That's why a much, a much cooler well, yes, song. Yes, I've heard night shift. Working and night on moves. the night moves. Oh, shit. Hey, uh, cool. We went to the fucking Bob Seger concert. We saw that shit live. We saw night moves before Bob <laughs> <laughs> we had that, dude, do you remember we had that asshole swinging his fucking, With the fucking sweatshirt, sweatshirt up like right swinging in front his of fucking us? sweatshirt around? <laughs> yep. <laughs> fucking wailing people. Love Bob Seger so much. Yeah, dude, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, man. We saw Night Moves performed live in concert by the man himself. Man, yeah. hugging each other the entire time. And the Night Moves, dude. Final Night story. Moves. <laughs> the final story, and this one is of a little bit more of a serious nature, but the final story oh, that I have tonight, uh, the oh, last time on, on this show <laughs> that I talked about Max Landis uh, was when there was talk about him doing like a shot-for-shot recreation of American Werewolf in yeah. London. Uh, you know, just the other day, a report came out uh, that he's been accused by at least eight women of a pattern of emotional, physical, and sexual abuse over the last 10 years. Um, I read that. There's been no response yet from his camp, uh, but some of the details about this that I read were quite disturbing. Uh, Painting a picture. uh, If there is accuracy to this story, uh, painting a picture of an individual, um, of a very, very ugly individual. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, it was a hard read. He was taking the whole werewolf thing a little too far, huh? He's really like going for character. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 certainly one way to say it, man. But yeah, in a realistic standpoint, though, like the the doc had said, it, it's a horrifying read to read some of the things that he's done. And if these allegations are true, he's a fucking monster. So I'm hoping that there is some way of explaining these things. Hopefully, it's not true because sometimes things get misconstrued by people. Uh, Chris Hardwick uh, had one of those things happen to him where an ex-girlfriend wrote this whole expose about how he was a fucking monster to her, and it wasn't true. She lied, and it was exposed. So, you don't know what to trust, you know, nowadays. Well, and you kind of hope some of things the aren't details, true, but... Some of the details, some of the yeah. details that I'm looking at here, uh, his accusers, accusers uh, detail a pattern of abuse that includes repeated rape, body shaming, and violence. Quote, he showed me abuse and humiliation porn and constantly tested my boundaries that became murkier and murkier mm. as our relationship yep. got more tumultuous. And I grew to view sex with him as the only way to receive love and connect, an ex-girlfriend reported. Uh, this led me to it's allowing sad. myself to become more and more abused. She said Landis further manipulated her by claiming her crying was a turn-on. He'd instigate fights, belittle and upset me just so he could have sex with me. And the real legitimate fights ended the same way, the woman said. He choked me until I passed out and did humiliating, degrading things to me that I still can't manage to write out on paper. 
His ex-girlfriend, Annie Baker, said he often showed partners a ranking of every woman he had slept with and showed them where they measured up on the list. He scrolled to the bottom and showed me my name with his rankings next to it. This list and the way he went about showing it to the women who were on it was one of the most telling things about the way he viewed women. He collected experiences with women for his own enjoyment and ego and turned those experiences into pain and devaluation for as many women as he could. Yeah, wow. it's, it's a, a lengthy read, but it is worth checking out because these allegations are It's serious. fucked, man. If, it's, if there's truth to this, it's a fucked, yeah. fucked, fucked individual, man. And the longer he waits to release a statement, that's just it's more on him where it's like, is this true? Because you shouldn't wait on this. You should get your thoughts together and release a statement, you know, either in defense of, of saying I'm innocent and all this and these are just allegations or, you know, otherwise. But he really needs to get together with the team. And work on something yeah, and, because this is just bad I, news I, for him. Well, that's the thing is he doesn't have a team, man, because, like, looking into this, his management team fucking dropped him. You know, they, they like, yeah, dropped they did. him. Real wanted, quick. To, wanted, to get, wanted to get as fucking far away from him as possible. So, I don't know, man. Kim Lane. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in this day and age, in this day and age, uh, it's that's like a quick business move ask every questions time. Later. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like shoot first, ask questions later. In this day and age, the Second, that there's any kind of word, companies just cut fucking bait and don't even fucking care if they're wrong. The no. that yep. kind of groundswell of internet rage that gets directed towards like things like this, uh, companies get the fuck out of the way as soon as fucking possible. Yeah, and they have to. It's a business move, like you said. It's a smart move on their part. Like let's distance ourselves from this fucking explosion. That way we can't well, have any implications. Well, that's that's always the big thing. You know what I mean? It's a lot of times it doesn't even come down to their own personal fucking opinion. It comes down to a lawsuit. Right. You know, they they oh, yeah. want to distance yep. themselves completely from it so that their lawyers can always turn around and say, well, hey, just because the kid worked here doesn't mean that you know we knew anything was going on or that it exactly. had anything to do with us in any way. And you know that's uh, that that's kind of fucked in certain situations. You know, I mean, look what happened with James Gunn and the Disney situation. Oh, yeah. That whole yeah. fucking, that was a mess, too. You know, the fact that it was a tweet taken, you know, that he, years ago. Yeah. And Disney's like, yeah. fuck and, this. Yeah, and we're only talking about a tweet. You know, we're not talking about years of experience here of right. to build up to this moment. Yeah. 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 So, no, I mean, listen. We'll don't get me wrong. Obviously, if this if this guy did this shit, I mean, yeah, like like it's been said already. You know, he's a monster. It's uh, it's, it's, no, no. Um, but you know, if he's got if he's listening by any chance, and you've got video. Um, just, just, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Max. Oh. <laughs> it's evidence, but it's fine. I'll review it. <laughs> you know, see if these things are right. But um. Okay, uh, so I do want to get into the movie for tonight, which is the Doc's pick of Goodnight, Mommy. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, Doc, you have the floor, and then we'll have a discussion. Hello. Yes. Uh, <laughs> after all, after all of that, uh, we do have a movie to talk about tonight. Elias. Um, I know some of you out there, if there's anybody listening, you might have been chomping at the bit to hear your intrepid hosts talk about this film. Uh, from the, that that comes to our shores in, from the distant land of Europe. Intrepid, uh, intrepid. Yes. Uh, so tonight, USSR. Uh, we have we have Good Night, <laughs> Mommy, 
which in German means Ixek, Ixek, or in the UK it means goodnight mummy. Uh, it's a 2014 uh, horror film. <laughs> technically, some horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mummy. Technically, from uh, Austria. Uh, written and directed by Veronica Franz Land and Arnold. Yala. Yala. Yeah. Um, the Lion King. And this movie <laughs> involves uh, nine-year-old twin brothers, Elias and Lucas, uh, who Lucas. mom returns home <laughs> after Lucas. some kind of cosmetic facial surgery. Uh, her face and hand, her fa- her head and face are like covered in bandages, uh, with only her eyes and mouth visible. And because of this, the two boys are completely weirded out and start to suspect that there's something weird about I'm the mother. Out, man. And all kinds of horror <laughs> ensues. So here. For your listening pleasure, for your listening devices, we have Good Night Mommy. Oh, yeah. Gore, what'd you think about Good Night Mommy? Well, wait, why don't you ask the doc what he thought of it? It was his pick. (laughs) That's true. I think he summed it up, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, I apologize for that, Doc. Well, I never said anything about how I felt about it. I just gave a brief synopsis of what it was. I mean, let's come on. Okay. So... Yours. All right, so before Hello. I say that, I just want to say, and I talked about this a little bit toward the end of our show last week. I picked this one. I had come across some list on the Internet that was like, the horror movie streaming on the Internet that you need to see that you haven't heard of. And I was like, oh, I will read this list and see if there's anything that's done this thing for the show. And the last time I did something like that, we ended up watching uh, Zombies. Uh, but I took a chance here. And, and this one sounded quite... <laughs> well, those did not those did not come from lists such as this. Right. Um, ah, zombies came from a list such as this, and that's why I was okay. skeptical of making this choice. But uh, you know, there were things about the description that I read that appealed to me, so I made a note of it. Realized that it was for free on the Two B TV, and decided to go with that pick. Um, I found this movie to be like. I don't know. There was some interesting stuff going on here. Um, you know, my theories at the start like weren't a hundred percent accurate. Um, you know, I'm still wrestling a little bit with how I truly felt about it, and I'm sure my my feelings will develop as our discussion unfolds. But I do have a question for the ghoul. Uh oh. I mean, no, there's no, there's no uh-oh here. This is like a legitimate question because uh, it's often the case yeah. with movies such. It's often the case with movies such as this uh, that have this kind of thing happening in them. Uh, Ghoul, yeah. did you figure out like what was happening within like the first 15 minutes? Uh, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I figured, uh, I that, figured as much with, as I was watching it. With, I was like, I was like, oh, the ghoul knows exactly what's going on here. I know, I, I knew yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it was way too obvious. Similar to Sixth Sense, I felt. Um, the character, you know, with the, with the, I mean, obviously, listen, we're, we're going to go back and forth throughout the whole fucking movie, so I'm kind of blowing the end of it right now. You know, the, the one kid oh, not no, existing. Oh, no, don't do that. You know, it, 
you, you just saw that nobody else ever really interacted with him. Nobody was ever interacting with the kids as much as it was, you know, the, the one kid constantly whispering in the other's ear and him then repeating what was getting said. It was just like blatantly screaming out there that that's what was going on with it. Yeah. The ghoul girl had it figured out pretty quick. Well, so. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, so what did you think about the movie overall, Ghoul? Uh, you know what? I didn't I didn't hate it. This is one that I've actually wanted to see. Uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. if it was on Netflix or if when it first released, if I remember seeing it on uh, on the Xbox, you know, the, the store or whatever. The, the premise definitely sounded interesting. Unfortunately, it was one of those that didn't have a trailer. Uh, and I know, listen, I could have found it on YouTube or whatever, but it was one when sometimes certain movies on Xbox, they'll just give you a scene from the film. And uh, yeah, the scene yeah. was so kind of slow that I was like, yeah, I'll just wait. Yeah, I'll just wait. And then I just kept waiting. And, you know, unfortunately this time I, I couldn't wait anymore. Um <laughs> So, so yeah, it's a slow burn. It takes its time. I don't feel like it delivers well, but that also might be because, again, when you figure out what's going on, the movie's fucking even, like, really getting going. It uh, kind of kind of messes with it a bit. I was hoping it would subvert my expectations and do something different, but it didn't. Yeah. I, no, I can agree with that. Okay, so yeah. what did you think about Good Night, Mommy? Small cast. Wanna be artsy movie, no score or even fucking sounds in the fucking movie. It might as well have been a silent movie. Ugh, this movie was fucking painful. <laughs> oh my! Uh, it's a plus. All of this, like, coupled with the fact that, like, the ghoul, I, I, I consider myself the slowest out of the group here. And the fact that I caught what was going on within the first five minutes of the movie, I was really upset. That the movie did not throw me for a loop at the end. Because when, when I watched it, I was like, really? I was fucking right the entire fucking time? It's like, oh, man. This movie, okay, would have been a great 30-minute short. But not yeah. fucking hour and what was it, 45 minutes? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, no, this, this movie was just rough, man. It's just, wow. All right, uh, yeah, but we'll get into it. King, what do you think, dude? Yeah, <clears throat> I don't want to say it was a rough movie. It's just that it, it's one of those movies where, you know, I, again, like the ghoul had said, I, when I first heard about it back in 2014, I was like, interesting, kind of cool, like, you know, kind of an interesting premise. You know, the mother wrapped up in bandages. It was kind of a cool look, um, you know, with the kids and just the, the details of the film coming out. I was like, it, it could be interesting. Again, I sat on it just like he did. And then I had to watch it for the show, and I just – I didn't feel anything for this movie. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. I just – I had no feelings for this movie. I wasn't like, oh, this fucking movie sucks. I was, no, I just – I was like, oh, it's, it's a movie. It's just that I, we're all in agreement that the fact that they didn't try to hide the twist well enough. The fact that you have two brothers that are twins, Elias and uh, uh, Lucas. Lucas. It's just right from the get-go, you know that he's not there. And I wish yeah. they played with it a little bit more where maybe that's his imaginary friend and he just happens to look exactly like Elias does. 
or, you know, that's just somebody that he talks to because he doesn't have any friends and he's kind of isolated in this house that's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so when his mom comes back home, he doesn't have anybody to talk to. He doesn't have any friends. So he made somebody up because there is no direct interactions with Lucas, the entire movie. Every time he's shown, whether they're talking to the person that's delivering the pizzas in the basement, when they're talking to the Red Cross people, they don't interact with Lucas at all. And I felt like that was just a huge mistake to kind of have these sequences set up where nobody's talking to him. They're always talking to Elias. And it's just, again, like the monkey had said, he's not the quickest on the draw with twists. But mm. this one, it was apparent. Mm. It dragged the movie down. Yeah. Yeah I, d- yeah, I definitely did not walk with Elias on this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a brat. He was a brat fucking kid. I didn't like him. That's actually what... That's what I was going to bring up next, is that, you know, as far as casting goes for the kids, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those where if I was made to believe that, the like, put it this way, if the film ended and they both turned out to be alive and the mother turned out to be, you know, evil or whatever, whatever you want to go right. with, I really wouldn't have been happy about it because of how irritating and, like, obnoxious looking these kids looked. Um, like, they, I think they, like, really did a great job of casting kids that just looked like snobby little, like, I'm sorry, man, but, like, the first thing that, like, came into my head is, like, these are fucking, like, this is Hitler's youth right here. You know, these were the very yes, kids the that thing. he was trying to <laughs> fucking breed, man. They were Austrian, not German. Yeah. But they're Aryan race fucking kids. Like these would follow Hitler. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing I told German. last night. <laughs> no, because he does have that line in the movie about burning books when he talks to his mom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, he said yes, it. and that was the, you know, like, he totally dropped that as a line. So you know, I'm figuring that that had to have been kind of a little bit of like a, a joke for yeah. them. You know what I mean? Like you don't put that in there and not like put it in there for laughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was the whole thing of yeah. the mother coming home from cosmetic surgery and basically just saying, I need rest, I need quiet, so you can't go outside, you have to stay in the house, you know, if there's visitors, you just turn them away, I just, I need to lay down for a little while, and they're like, well, that's not our mom, our mom wouldn't do that, mm-hmm. it's like, automatically, they're like, whoa, 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 who's this woman that's coming into our house, that's not her, like, she wouldn't be mad at us like this, she wouldn't tell me, tell me that I'm your mom. That was what aggravated me is because this woman had cosmetic surgery. She just wants to sleep. And she's got this annoying fucking kid that's running around the house the entire movie. She wants to be left alone. And they're reaching these conclusions that that's not our mom and we need to figure out who the fuck she is. And that's what I wanted to ask you guys is that in a realistic standpoint, this mother is just reacting in a normal way. Of like, I, I had surgery. I need to lay down. Leave me alone. And they're running around acting like assholes. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, I also think that we have, you know, like what we're going to find out later in the film is that we had an accident that occurred at some point. She lost her other child and her, I, I think her husband. Um, yes. Yep. In it. And, you know, like now, like when, never that's up. the thing, when you hit the... When you hit the end of the film, you realize that the bandages and whatnot are probably from that accident. 
You know, the cosmetic mm-hmm. surgery and everything was from that accident. And that's what I think, like, the film really lacked. You know, not like it needed more time, but they needed to do better things with its time. Maybe less fucking yeah. bits about the kids jumping on the trampoline and fucking running around throwing hail at each other. And maybe giving a little yeah. bit more of a, of, a, of a bit of a background to these people and to these kids and to the mother. Yeah, and that was my problem too, man, is like you're saying, is they would they weren't taking the time to write the people. We were just having all these fucking random, you know, fucking wannabe artsy shots again, just you know, because we, you know, we want to be a fucking European art film, and just doing random shots instead of giving us. Well, this is a European. It is a European art film. (laughs) I know it is. It's a European art film. Yeah, it's just again, it's just a douchebaggy film. But yeah. Are you trying to make the Are you trying to make the artistic douchebaggery call? He's hitting that button. He's uh, hitting it. Calling it now. Artistic douchebaggery level hit. (laughs) (laughs) But again, we just needed more dialogue in the fucking movie. It's like seriously, this movie had so many quiet spots. In this fucking yeah. movie, it irritated the fuck out of me. I felt like I was in fucking detention watching this damn movie. It was it was long. It was definitely long-winded in a lot of the scenes. And one of the things I wanted to bring up to the doc is that the Elias and Lucas find a cat in this weird catacombs that are filled with skulls and bones, and they bring the cat home. And the mother is just wanting to know why the door is locked, so she comes in to investigate. And later when the cat starts to die they kind of think that the mother did something to it. And I thought from a realistic standpoint that the cat was in that cave, who knows how long, and it was probably going to die anyway. But they're blaming the mother. shape when they found it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Doc, Doc what did you think <laughs> about that? Like, the mother could have done something to it, but I think it was just, like you said, shit show cat. You know, it was going to die anyway. Say that again. About the cat? The cat that they found that they put into the uh, the aquarium. They filled it with water, and they're like, oh, we're going to lure a mom out because she did something to this. God and the mom's like, what the fuck is this cat doing here? Like, what is this? Like, she didn't do anything to the cat. The kids are just acting like she did because they need further evidence that this isn't her mom. Like, I felt like, in reality, the cat was dying, and it was going to die anyway. Yeah, I mean, yes, the cat was going to die. But, like, it's God still part but un, un gato es muerte. Oh, wait, that's not <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's bad. That's not German. But, uh, you know, the television died anyway, and still it's in the sequence of the movie where, um, you know, if you are not, like, up on things from the very beginning and saying, oh, I know what's going on in this movie, it's still part of this portion where the, you know, you're not, you're thinking, oh, like, who is this evil imposter mom? Um, right. So, you know, I, I, I'm not necessarily sure about the cat there, uh, but it's still in them trying to kind of, you're still like, oh, you're looking at two brothers trying to solve a mystery still at this point. No. Yeah. It just, it, to me, I took it from a reality standpoint of like the, the cat was going to die, but now they're thinking that the mom did it anyway. Uh, when the guy comes down to deliver the pizzas, you know, the frozen pizzas, and he's like, oh, I guess you guys like a lot of pizza. A lot of pepperoni. That's really good. I took it as the mom basically saying, I'm fucking laying here after surgery. I don't want to cook. 
So I'm going to order a bunch of frozen shit, and you guys could just fucking heat it up and eat it. And they're like, well, no way our mom would like all that pepperoni pizza. It's like, well, no. My mom, whenever she worked and was tired at the end of the day, she'd be like, there's a fucking ham and cheese in the fridge. Eat it. Like, she wasn't like, I'm going to make you a fucking meal. <laughs> but these kids are like, oh, no, our mom would never eat pizza. Like, oh, come on. Like, you know, again, it was me thinking reality. It wasn't me thinking this mom okay. is a fucking ghost or an alien or a doppelganger. It's, it's just, it was silly. But I also want to just dial it back to like, or rewind it back a second because that fucking mass grave, when we're talking about also Austria, Germany, that kind of shit, you know, Lainey was like, is that like some weird ass fucking like concentration camp grave, you know, or something yeah, like that. Um, but on yeah. top of that, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but if I found a place like that as a kid. That would be my go-to place. That like oh, I would man. be hanging out there oh, yeah. all the fucking time. <laughs> mhm. I'd be having bone fights with my friends in there. Oh, look, I found a femur. Fight you, like you know what I mean. I, I, would have I, would have the, I would have that whole fucking place done up like Texas Chainsaw, like making friends <laughs> yeah. out of like all the skeletons and shit like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, fuck the hail or anything like that. I'll be in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. it was a great I, uh, set. I liked it. But again, <laughs> I, I, I just, like not having yeah. diseases, so I would, uh, I would, I would avoid that place. Um, we probably would have died in the early grave. <laughs> yeah, the lucky ass way in there, but it'd been worth it. Ma- no, but they're massive. All the race, choices you made in your youth totally contradict that statement, uh, Ghoul. Listen, okay, we're talking about a fictional world here, okay? Not, not the reality. It's just, uh, um, but, you know, uh, again, yeah, I'm sorry, Gold. What are you going to say? No, 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 go, man. I'm good. <laughs> it's just, you know, them, again, the kids are doing this investigation into their mom, and they're looking into online things about their mom, and she was, I guess, like a game show kind of hostess, like doing the lottery and doing like a weird Price is Right type of show. And then they see that their house is up for sale, and they're like, well, what the fuck is this all about? Like, why is our house up for sale? Like, that's strange. Like, we live here. It's like, well, you know, you're kids, and you're not getting the whole story from your mom that maybe there's a reason why she's putting the house up for sale. She can't afford it anymore because she's a single mother, and she's looking to move into another place. But, again, you're taking this into invasion of the body snatchers type level where our mom still wasn't our mom. And we have to figure out why. And it's like, you kids are just douchebags. Like, just fucking talk to her. She's not that much different. Um, when, she's, when she's looking for the cat, uh, everyone's in the bedroom, and the kid snaps his fingers in front of her face, I'm like, fuck you. Like, don't do that to your mom. Like, you know, like, just stop. Like, you know, she's trying to do her best. Even when she unwraps the bandages, and she's like, I'm your mom again. Can we be friends? I'm like, don't say, can I be friends with you? Like, nah, that, you're nah. your yeah, I, yeah, I hated that yeah. because I'm like, you know, yeah, say I'm your mom. Can we be a family again? Yeah, because I told you, man. It's like I, I love my fucking kids. I love hanging out with my kids. But no, I'm their parent, and they're my kids. And like, sorry, this is just my personal point of view. We're not friends. It's like we're family, but we're not friends. I, I'm, I'm your dad. You're my, you're my son. You know, but right. you know, we're not friends. We don't, you know hang out and like friends and shit like that, you know, and I just don't, yeah, uh, nah, 
just like, no, I'm the parent, you're the kid. I'm having a shitty week here recovering from this crap. Stop, stop giving right. me a shitload of crap. <laughs> and she tries to make it up to them, and she gives them a boomerang. And she's like, go outside. Like, you can go now. Have fun. Like, you know, be kids. You know, I, sh- I keep saying kids. And we know that it's not fucking kids. We know it's just one. But still, no, you know, no, be outside know. and have fun. No. We're, we're just yes, we do. we do. We do. Like, everybody knows <laughs> that Lucas is fucking dead. You know? <laughs> you know, but still, they, they push her out of the way, and they're like, yeah, we're going to fucking run to this village where there's a fucking mad accordion player and one person in this church. <laughs> And Only we're going to fucking tell a priest. Yeah, there, why is there no one in the fucking town? That's the other thing. It's like, again, weird-ass trippy shit where it's like they're trying for the art bag, you know, to the, the douchebaggery, again, of let's just show these weird shots of a deserted Austrian town. Where are the fucking yeah. people? Made no sense, and it was stupid. And, you know, when the priest drops them off, and they're like, we're going to lock ourselves in the car, you know, and they do the whole fucking game. And then they finally run inside the house, and she's like, well, fine. Thanks for bringing him back home. It's like, this mother's fucking, you know, I give her the fucking mom of the year award for having to deal with these fucking kids the entire fucking movie. It's like, you know, she's recovered. She's taking the bandages off. She's fine again. And yet these kids are still going to fucking tie her down to a bed and say, tell me that you're not my mom. Like, stop it. <laughs> you know, stop. Like, I was just happy something was happening at this point. Like, were they I know, me too. (laughs) Shit like that. I was just so happy something was occurring. Once they tied her down, I'm like, okay, we're getting something. We're getting some fucking horror in this movie, finally. We're like an hour and 20 minutes in this movie. We're finally getting horror aspects. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, again, this is where I'm saying, like, this movie would have been fine as a short because we sit there and struggle through all this. To get to, to, to this moment, that that's what this entire movie was like. Because it's brand new. A moment color. like okay. this. <laughs> yeah. Where fucking Elias turns into Joseph Mengele, and all of a sudden he's gonna fucking burn her face. Like again, bringing about the Hitler Youth and fucking Joseph Mengele, where they're torturing her with the the uh, the magnifying glass on her face, and. You know, where is our mother? Where is our mother? I, I'm your mother. Nope, we're going to burn your fucking face with a magnifying glass. <laughs> and then I'm going to put salve on it because maybe you are my mom. Maybe you are telling the truth. Like, it's well, the fucking I think, back with the, I think there were portions of the film that, I mean, again, obviously they were having trouble showing this to some degree. But I think they were trying to show us that the kid was mentally ill. Um and there were that times would be great where he fully would, went on. Well, there were times that, like, when we see this, where you can see he felt bad that he was doing it, you know? So you kind of had that juxtaposition between the two characters that we were watching, yeah. Lucas mm-hmm. and Elias, where yep. Lucas was the one that seemed to have a, a bit more of a mean streak, and Elias was the mm-hmm. softer one. Um, yeah. And again, if the if the movie was better at showing that and hiding the fact that this kid was the same person, then you know you you might have something to play yeah. with there. But that was its biggest weakness is the fact that you kind of knew what was going on. It would have been great. It would have been really great if they had played with it a little bit better. But they didn't, especially when he's calling to Lucas like outside of the bedroom. Like the mom knows Lucas. that Lucas is dead. 
You know, Lucas, Lucas, come in. Lucas, come in the bedroom. Look at what I'm doing. Like, it's like, yeah, Lucas, where the fuck are you? Oh, that's right. You're dead. You know, (laughs) you know, know, and, you know, it apparently, I guess in Austria, Red Cross people could just walk into your house (laughs) without you being home. Yeah, this is something that me and the little girl, bro, fucking fully agree on. Like, if I was to walk into my house, you know, with or without my see these people sitting there? said house, and there are two complete Mm -hmm. fucking strangers. I don't give a fuck. They could be from fucking, you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I'm going to shoot you. Yep. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing in my house? You fat fucking people are sitting in my house waiting for a fucking donation. Oh, no, we got all the time in the world. We'll just wait for your mom. Yeah, so what's going on? You excited for school? You're cool. All right. Uh, oh, oh, we got money now? You sure your mom's okay with this? Yeah, she's okay with it. Well, I guess we're going to leave now. But fuck you guys. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> like, seriously, fuck Red Cross. Get out of my house. <laughs> you know? And, you know, when they Look, leave, well, and the mom screams for help. Moving. Yeah, then, yeah, weird Austrian Wolf and Rimley. <laughs> Get out of my house. Um, and that's when they decide to glue her mouth shut, uh, which is, I, I, again, from a horror standpoint, cool. You know, the fact that they decide to glue her mouth shut rather than keep the tape over her mouth. You know, and yeah, then they have to figure out a way to cut it open. It, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, but unfortunately, I think the king fell apart because he missed the torture part where they were running the wire through the lip. I fell asleep from that part. I, I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember and it. I, I don't remember it. And and I gotta admit, it was a really nice kind of Ichi the Killer kind of scene. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, very J horror in my opinion. But at the same time, not enough. It's like we we've sat yeah, in this much movie, and this is all we get. <laughs> It was too no, little, too late. too late. That was the problem. Yeah, you know, like yeah. by the time this stuff was yeah. coming, like like the king, you know, I I put this on, I mean, fairly late, and it was mm-hmm. it was rough trying to stay up through it. There were a couple of times that I know that my eyes kind of kind of drifted closed, and you know yeah. what? Normally I'll rewind a film and try to go back, but like I knew that there was nothing that I missed there that was that, that was <laughs> anything <laughs> pertinent. Yeah, and also I wasn't no, gonna do no. that. The cool girl was still up. She she would have told me if I missed something major. I will say though, yeah. my favorite yeah. scene that occurs in the movie um, mm-hmm. is actually when she tries to run, uh, and particularly yes. mm-hmm. it's that sequence when she trips. They set up the trap, and she hits her face. And that back oh, door. Fuck yeah. dude! The yeah. fucking clunking sound and the way oh, that fucking the camera. Sound? It was yep. perfect. It was the best it was thing so good. I love that this film, and it yeah. at least gives me hope for the director to do something, you know, bigger down the road. Yeah. It was a great way to set up the finale of them gluing their mother to the fucking floor of this house. <laughs> and, and just like, you're fully glued, and her fucking eyes are glued for some reason. Like, I don't know why they decided to glue her eyes, but they did. And just, you know, Sometimes this is you your just last chance. Keep going. Yeah, this is your last chance to say that you're not our mother. <clears throat> like, this is it. We're going to burn this fucking mother into the ground if you don't tell us who you really are. And she's like, I swear to God, I'm your mother. And by the way, Elias, your fucking brother's dead. Like, I'm tired of playing this game. That's the thing that we didn't bring up is that throughout the movie, 
she's talking to people and saying, I'm tired of playing this fucking game with him. Like, I'm tired of acting like his brother's still alive. Like, we need to move on. No, he no, needs to no, move no, on. No, I need no, to move on. No. Okay, whoa, whoa. You don't get all of that, dude. No, no, no. All you get is, I'm tired of this. You know, you not, you don't get any drop lines that hurt the the brother's dead. I took it as you I took it, it as that because I already knew he was you dead. Took it, so you took it as that, but I'm saying there were no dropped lines in that because they're still trying to make you. They're still trying to trick you all the way until the end, man. You know, so there were no. Oh, they are, but doing a bad way doing it. Oh, he's not wrong. Right. No. I mean, he, no. he's not wrong. Yeah, that is I know. what they were doing. They still they never dropped that that that's what's going on. So right. our, our and that was the whole thing. That during the yeah. vacuum scene, that's when she's like, "I'm tired of this." And then we're like, well, "What? What are you talking about? Nope, nothing. I'm gonna walk over here." <laughs> but yeah, the finale scene when she admits that the brother's dead, and she's like, "You need to fucking accept the fact that he's dead." And he's like, "Well, tell me where he is." And she's like, "Well, I can't well, see him. I can't yeah, see where it's Lucas not that is." She says that she's gonna that you have to accept it. She says she's gonna play along again. That she's gonna because right. I guess yeah. what happened was. And I'll make you breakfast again. And she basically put the foot down and said, "Hey, listen, you know your brother's dead. You know enough is enough. I don't want to play this game with you anymore." And in the process of ignoring him and you know kind of show trying to show Elias that that his brother doesn't exist anymore is what drove Elias further to the edge. Yeah. Yes. I, and I, that's yeah. when you have Lucas in this realm having the candle up against the curtains. And that's when he says, well, tell me where he is right now. And she's like, I can't see him. I can't see what he's doing because he's not there. And tell me what he's doing because we're going to fucking end this thing. And I can't see him. And that's when Elias walks over to where Lucas is with the candle and lights the shit on fire. And again, just really bad twist. I'm sorry. It just, again, you're seeing... Elias do this, not Lucas. Even though you see the two brothers in the frame, yeah. you know that Elias is doing this. He's lighting the curtain on fire, and then it leads to the fish tank exploding and the mom oh. catching on fire, which I thought was a great effect, but a little too much CGI flame for my taste. Too much? That's all it yeah. was. It, was not, it wasn't a real fucking body burn. I was so pissed off. I went back and rewatched the body burn three fucking times. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's, it's it was, not it there. Was fucking, yeah. Yeah, it was fucking CGI. Oh, so fucking mad. Yeah, deny I, mean, I a, love deny, practical burns. Deny me a fucking burn. I couldn't burn. believe that they went the fucking. way that they did. <laughs> yeah, they didn't give you a good practical burn. <laughs> no, but I was just happy the movie was over. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> so but, what do you think happened to Lucas? Dead. He's dead, so nothing happened. No, I know <laughs> that, know, but what do you think happened to him? He died in a car accident. Yes, Lucas died in the car accident. What makes you say that? That could accident? possibly have claimed the father's life too. What makes you say that? Because of them talking about the accident. And I think that the okay. mother really didn't have reconstructive surgery. I think that she was in the car as well. And that's why she had the surgery, was to fix her face Did after the accident. Did they specifically say car accident? Okay. Yeah, they do. From what I remember, mention an accident. Yeah, yeah, they say yeah. But did they mention a car accident? accident. Uh, they might not use the words car accident. I took it as as car accident oh. because it says accident. Just because, oh, like, yeah. like yes, the they do mention accident. I'm like, I've just been kind yeah. of like looking back through this, 
Uh, a one time in this early on in the film. Oh, go ahead. What are you saying there? No, I was going to say she did only say accident. She didn't say car accident. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I took it as a car accident. So the only time in this film uh, early on where Elias seems to be calling for Lucas and like Lucas isn't there is kind of close to the beginning when Lucas is floating around on the lake. I mean, sorry, yes. Elias is yep. floating around on the lake, and he's calling for Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. And then he looks over, yeah, and like, some of the gone. water is bubbling, but you never see him. Um, and, like, that's the only time in the movie that you don't see them. That's so I was point. thinking that the accident was a drowning. Yeah. That's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. See, I, yeah, I, I mistook that. I took it as a car accident but, because the father isn't around okay. either. So where's the father? Yeah. You know, they it's don't the only mention time, him really. It's the only time in the movie you don't see him. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Good I didn't realize that. But, yeah, I always just thought that it was a car accident that claimed the lives of Lucas and the yeah. father. And that's why Elias is left with his mother. Um, but, then, but, but then that brings yeah. me ahead, to monkey. the whole thing of after we get to the finale, the scary, scary finale, is if it takes mm. the father, how come the father is not involved in the finale? They don't really mention him. That's what I'm saying. The entire time, they never really mention the father or where he is. Yeah, there's only you know, there's only one quick him. drop line of uh, dad lets us do that. You know, when they were playing, the, when he was yeah. playing, yes. they were playing the game, and she goes yeah. to stop yep. him. No, but and there's not even a picture that I saw in the house. Yeah. Like, there was no father in any of the pictures. So it was always the mother and the kids. Yeah. So it's like the, the father, like, are they, was he getting a divorce or you know something, mm. or or did he die as well? And if he did die, that's what I'm saying is why was he not in the whole you know Return of the Jedi ending there, floating around with everybody else? <laughs> he's gonna be in the sequel. He's gonna I'm be in sorry. the sequel, dude. <laughs> I, I, had a, I just had a big problem with that shot because you see the whole house on fire, and you have to assume that Elias died in the fire as well. But then they have that cornfield shot where you see the mother coming out and she's fine and intact and she's reuniting with her sons, that fucking scene should have been cut by like 30 seconds. They held <laughs> on that one shot. For the point where the kids are even like, are, are we going? Like, are we still rolling? Like, cut? No? Yeah, okay, yeah, well, you, keep yeah, smiling at the camera. Yeah, because yeah, you actually see the kids take a break. <laughs> Yeah, even that one kid is like, uh, okay, like we're gonna. Like, I'm like, sorry, could have ended like five seconds, thirty seconds earlier. They had that fucking yeah. kid humming that was annoying to me. And I was like, wow, I fucking hate the sound of kids humming. Like, I'm sorry, I don't like it. Get it out of here. There's no music in this movie. Why do I have to fucking have humming now? There was, there, was the be- there was at the beginning when they showed the van track. That that was, that was what it was. I did I had no idea what the fuck that was. I'm like, why the fuck is this in this movie? Where they're fucking that, you know, the, not children. I'm like, what the fuck is this? That, that, the hills are that, alive with the sound of music. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's the Van Trapp family. <laughs> well fuck that movie. I hate that movie. So I'm glad I didn't get that reference because I was like, Alright. Alright, then this movie I guess. But it's just again, like I said at the top, this movie I felt really nothing for. I just I know a lot of people like it because I went on the Google and there's a lot of positive reviews. I just, I, yeah. I wanted to see the movie that they saw. Alright, but yeah, we saw it. We're good. Alright, so 
Thank you, Doc. Yeah, thank thank you, Doc, for the pick. It was an interesting choice. Um, My you know, pleasure. Not, not your usual, <laughs> let's go it funny was better and than, go all the way in. Uh, you know what? It might have been slow. It might have been dull. It was yep. better than dead sushi. Agreed. I, I completely agree that it was so much better totally than dead sushi. It's a totally different kind of movie, though. Like, dead sushi I, is like yeah, almost comedy right. slapstick, man. This uh, is totally different I, genre yeah. inside of horror. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As yeah, far yeah, as can, what the movies did well, within who, who their respective genres, no, it was a better movie. I think you, you cool. cannot, I think it might have been your pick because you're always the one that can spot these things two minutes in. Uh, whose pick was it? It was like girls in a mental institution, but every girl the was word? like one of the main girls' like mental problems. Uh, was that one of your picks, school? And or maybe it was. Oh, I, I, I figured that out in five minutes. Yeah, that was an old right. one. That was the original run. I remember that episode. Yeah. I wasn't a part of it, but I remember that pick because I'd watched that okay. movie. So, yeah, you're not wrong. That was true. But, but anyway, then, I feel like those kind of okay. movies, the ghoul figures out in 10 seconds when it's one of these. And I feel like this falls inside of that kind of realm of horror. I don't think that this mm-hmm. is an accurate movie yeah. to compare to Dead Sushi yet. No, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a better pick than Dead Sushi. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. I'm sorry. Anyway, whose pick is that ghoul? It is my pick next week as we go back to me. I do have one picked out, and I'm going to send you the link in just a little bit. Uh, it's, again, from 2014. Uh, but since the Ghoul covered Tenebrae two weeks ago, I wanted to go back to a film that I really love. Uh, it's a love letter, but also a really fun parody, kind of like a horror comedy movie, called The Editor, that was done by Astron Six, also starring Tristan Risk and Lawrence Harvey of Human Centipede 2 fame. No, <laughs> Astron 6. Uh, did a movie called The Editor back in 2014. That's a love letter and a parody of the Giallo films. I've got an so I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of tits. There's a lot of sex. There's a lot of murder. I think that everybody's going to find something to enjoy with The Editor. Uh, it's also available on Tubi, but I'm going to send you the free link on YouTube so there's no ads. Just get ready for a lot of murder, a lot of tits, a lot of sex, and a lot of fun. I think you guys are going to have fun with this one next week. The editor. So that is my pick. Very cool. Next week. So we'll stay tuned for that. This so thank you with, so much uh, for the with pick. Hayden Christensen in it, right? Where he works for the newspaper? No, not that one. This is a completely different one, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. I hope that you do, because there's just a lot of nonsense and a lot of weird sex. And I think you're going to find it to be enjoyable. <laughs> so I hope you do. Um, so we'll talk about it next week, the editor. Thank you so much, Doc, for joining us tonight and your pick. And we'll see you next week, hopefully. Yes. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Ghoul, you got All right. Go ahead, Monkey. Sign yourself up, Monkey. Ghoul has a plug. Ghoul uh, always plug, has plug, a plug, plug, man. Plug, <laughs> plug, plug. Hey, everybody. Fourth of July is around the corner, and you know what? Nothing says Fourth of the July more than fireworks, okay? See, I was, you thought I was going to say jewelry. But uh, no, no, you don't think about jewelry. You don't think about jewelry when you think 4th of July. But you know what? Now you will. And since you're thinking about jewelry, why don't you go over to Bonfire Beat Designs on Etsy, uh, all one word, and buy some jewelry, man. We got 90 seconds, so I'm going to cut the ad short today. Go buy some shit, okay? There's all kinds of rings, all kinds of necklaces, all handcrafted stuff. Get over there. Bonfire Beat Designs, all one word. Excellent. Love it. Okay, Monkey, since you wanted to hit that plug so hard, why don't you sign yourself <laughs> off? 
Good night, everybody. Love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Until next we meet, I am lucky to be able to finally talk about the editor on the show, a great love letter and parody to the Jawa films. Can't wait to talk about it with you boys next the week. Jawa films? Keep America strong. Jawa. Just like Tenebrae. There's a great homage to Tenebrae in the movie. You like the Jawas? Like enjoy. from Star Wars? No, no not Jawas. Jawa. I haven't been Yellow drinking the high alcohol content you have. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see you here next week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. Can't wait to see you next time. Auf Wiedersehen.